You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it is the Classic Car Show. And uh, we've got people missing in action. Uh, Steve Ronaldo's out uh, on a tour. And uh, I think Mr. Weber is running in a 5 or a 10K. I couldn't drive a 5K, much less walk one or run one. But anyway, uh, we salute Mr. Weber for his exercising and being in great shape and uh, holding up the America's Web Radio Classic Car Banner. But that doesn't mean that we don't have an expert on classic cars and cars in general. Our and he's not a fill-in. He's he's part of the family here at America's Web Radio, Mr. James Dent from the great state of Florida. You bet. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. The rest of the public, uh, I hope they're doing okay. They should be doing okay, I would think. Uh, you know, I, uh, we got great weather. We got, uh, oh, I want to throw out before I get too far into the show that... Uh, the Johns Creek, Georgia, happens to be the city that I live in, just outside of Atlanta, north of Atlanta. Uh, they have the healing wall, and that's the uh, 50% replica of the, he- the Vietnam veteran wall in Washington, D.C. Now, this wall traveled all over the United States and brought healing and closure to so many, many people. And uh, it has been renamed or named the Healing Wall. And uh, they're having a ceremony today. And uh, I don't know how many people realize today is a special day and that it's uh, the Vietnam. Uh, MIA and KIA and POW Day for Vietnam veterans. And uh, if you're a veteran and you live in the Atlanta area, you're certainly welcome to come out to Johns Creek Newtown Park and celebrate. The ceremony starts at uh, 4 o'clock, and uh, they're going to have a color guard. They're going to have a bagpiper. Uh, trumpeter playing, uh, taps as always, and just, just a real time to think about those that have served our country. And you could do me a favor if you come out. I always on Fridays wear some sort of a red shirt. And we started this years and years ago, Red Shirt Friday. And that's for our veterans, our active duty, and for our first responders, just showing respect for them by wearing a red shirt and saying thank you. So, with that being said, we've got Mr. James Dunst on the telephone with us today, and he chose the topic. And I think it's a great topic, as I just heard a weather report that it's going to be chilly even down in the uh, south next week with temperatures only getting up into uh, the low 60s. And uh, then across the rest of the country, north of uh, in the north, it's going to start getting cold. So 
Mr. Dunce chose the topic of winterizing your vehicle. Now, if you're like I am and you uh, you run a skateboard, then uh, you just have to make sure you got a sweatshirt on. Well, good morning. And, uh, you know, for a number of years, I worked for AAA for about 17 years. And during that period of time that I was there, I was able to see firsthand uh, problems that uh, cropped up in the wintertime. And these problems, you know, we're down here in Florida, but uh, I, I have to tell you that uh, in the 40 years that I've been down here, uh, I've seen some really cold temperatures. Uh, the lowest I've ever seen was 9 degrees. Nobody would believe that, uh, 9 degrees in Orlando. And that created a lot of problems, especially with vehicles, because people sort of ignored them down here. Up north, they're constantly doing repairs. They're constantly having things checked. But down here, they don't do a lot. And uh, when it gets cold like that, they have a problem. But one of the biggest problems uh, that showed up uh, in the wintertime at AAA was problems with batteries, uh, dead batteries. A lot of the calls that uh, they made were due to battery problems. And uh, you, what you have to remember is when, when a battery, when the outside air temperature drops down to about zero, you lose 30% of the efficiency on that battery. So if you have a problem with the battery going into winter during the summer months, if, it's, if the engine is turn, turning over slow, uh, when it gets cold, you're going to have a bigger problem. Most likely, you're going to have a battery failure. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, you and I were talking yesterday. You had mentioned about how batteries fail now. And uh, I noticed this over the last number of years. You know, it used to be when I lived in the north, uh, the battery, uh, over a period of time, the engine would start to turn over slower, and you'd, you'd kind of get a hint that the battery was going bad. For some reason or other, in the warmer climates, uh, batteries fail instantaneously. Like, I, I, uh, I stopped at my mailbox to uh, get my mail when I jumped back in the truck. I went to turn turn it over, and there was a click, and the battery was gone. Yeah. Uh, shorted out internally. And I've had that happen a number of times, and I've had a lot of uh, customers. I had an auto repair center here. I had a lot of customers with the same kind of failure. And usually what will happen, though, when that does happen, it won't turn the engine over, but it'll still light the lights. Uh, that's a good indicator that the uh, battery failed. Well, I, I was, I'd pulled up in front of my mechanic's uh, shop. To, I was getting some other work done, and I parked. And, uh, was gonna repark. I'd gone, gone to give him the keys or whatever. And I was, I'd headed back to the car and got in the car dead in a doornail. So not only did he get to, uh, fix the other problems I had, but he got to sell me a battery. And you know, batteries too, you have to remember if they're dead, they freeze. A battery that's charged will not freeze, but one that is dead will freeze. And if it freezes, it's gonna break the battery. Hmm. So that's that's uh, that's not going to be nice, is it? No. And uh, you know, when you're purchasing a battery, uh, a number of your listeners may not be aware of this, but see, batteries when they sit on the shelf with acid in them at the parts store, they actually start to sulfate. The battery can go bad sitting on the shelf. So all these batteries have date codes on them. So you, what you want to do is you want to buy the newest uh, possible battery that you can get, because if if it's been there for six, seven, eight months. You could have a problem with the battery right off the bat. Wow. And uh, testing your battery. Here's something you need to keep in mind. If you have a battery that's low on charge, you can't test it. And the, and the only true way to test a battery is with a load tester. And a battery has to be charged before you can do that. But usually at three times the Ampere R rating, 
or have the cold cranking amps, you have to have that load on it. And these carbon pile testers will do that. And when you put that load on it, it has to hold that for 15 seconds at least. And if it does that, you get a good battery. Any battery that's marginal will fail on that test. Hmm. Well, that's that's always good to know. But uh, just a little plug for uh, AAA as a retired uh, AAA employee. They have a battery program where they will send someone out and they will test your battery. And if it uh, if you need a battery, they carry the battery with them. They can change their, your battery right there on the spot to take care of the problem. Hmm. Didn't didn't know that. That's but, very uh, interesting to know. That's as a matter very, of very helpful. Oh, yeah. The second area, uh, and, and I, I noticed this in my auto repair center, is cooling system problems. Uh, this is more of a problem in the south than it is in the north, what I'm about to tell you. When antifreeze gets old, starts to break down, it starts to form acids. And when you get a low pH, a low pH is high acid. If you get that in the cooling system, uh, when you have a difference in metal, let's say the radiator and the engine block, now you have the components of a battery. And it'll actually set up voltage in, in your cooling system. You can put a voltmeter on. Uh, you could take the radiator cap off, put one lead in the water, one lead on the metal. And if you get a reading, you're actually starting to have a uh, high acid uh, cooling system. And the reason I say this is more of a problem here. Uh, when I lived, I'm from Wisconsin originally, and, and every winter, the first thing we did before it got cold is we drained our antifreeze and we put in fresh antifreeze. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's something here that people just ignore. Uh, they don't pay any attention to it. And uh, what was interesting, uh, when we had that temperature of 9 degrees, there were a, a large amount of engine blocks that actually froze mm. and, and broke. Uh it was a real, it was a real problem. But uh, the best thing to do is, is maybe once a year go ahead and drain that cooling system out, dispose of the antifreeze properly, and uh, if you take it to a local parts store, uh, they have to take it because it's hazardous waste. It's not something that you want to dump because uh, ethylene glycol has a sweet taste, and if there's animals around, they'll actually they'll actually lick it, and if they do that, it'll it'll kill them. So you want to make sure that you dispose of that antifreeze correctly. The other area was the, uh, the hoses. Uh, in the wintertime, you know, rubber hoses that get extra brittle in the cold. And if you have a marginal hose, any kind of movement in that, you can end up breaking a hose. And I see that a lot. And that's something people always ask me, how often should I change my hoses? And the rule of thumb is somewhere between fifty and 75,000 miles. It is a, is a good time to do that. And you gotta, you gotta not pay any attention to where they look. You just need to change them. Uh, if you squeeze a hose like that, you feel a crunchiness on the inside, that's a good indication that the hose is starting to crack. Not and, good. Uh, on the antifreeze, um, there's a number of different antifreezes out there now, and you have to be really careful with this because you can't mix them. Uh, there's some different color ones. There's one that's pink and there's one that's the dark green. And there's, there's, there's another one. I don't remember the name of it. But if you mix those antifreezes, it'll actually coagulate, make a, a thick jelly uh, material and plug a few cooling system. 
So whatever you, whatever your vehicle, if you look in the owner's manual, whatever the vehicle manufacturer recommends uh, for that vehicle, that's what you need to use. And the other thing, and, and I never understood the chemistry on this, but pure antifreeze will freeze. It has to be mixed with water. And that's why I don't understand that chemistry, but it has to be mixed with water in order to protect you against freezing. And the, the ability of antifreeze to, to transmit heat, uh, if you have pure antifreeze, you lose about 35% of the heat transfer ability. And uh, that, that's, that's another thing that's a little bit on the, the uh, strain side. But uh, if you have pure water, which we had a lot of engines here in Florida that a lot of them had pure water in it. And when it water freezes, it'll expand about 9%. And what was interesting, and when I looked this up, you know, as water freezes and expands, the amount that it can exert is unbelievable. It's over 100,000 PSI. Uh, and that will definitely break any uh, any engine block. Uh, when we had that freeze, we had outside sprinkler systems that uh, here they have water in it. When you're up north, the gas fills, the water rushes in after the sprinkler head uh, breaks. But uh, walking uh, in the plant where I was at the time, the fittings, the cast iron fittings were actually breaking and falling on the ground, mm. uh, which I had never seen that before. I bet not. I tell you, on that note, I think we're going to take a first break, quickie, and we'll be back right after this. Held company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800-748-3160. Or you can reach us on the web at McCollisters.com, and that's M-C-C-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-S.com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs, small enough to provide you the old town, old school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. And they are the best. Give them a call if you're moving, you know, within the city or if you're moving across country with your classic car or any car for that matter. So McAllister is the, they're the people to call. We'll be back with Mr. Dunce right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening. And again, uh, if you're moving or need to move a car, McAllister's, they're the people to call. Just ask for Mr. Capra, and uh, he'll be glad to help you. And tell him that you heard about him on America's Web Radio on the Classic Car Show. And now we're back to talking about winter is coming Santa Claus. What does Santa Claus use for his reindeer to antifreeze them? <laughs> Old number seven. Old number seven. Okay. Well, just wanted to make sure that 
you know, Santa was taking good care because he, he travels through some pretty cold country. You know, I, I in, in discussing the cooling system, there was a couple of things that I missed. I just want to pick up on that. You know, I mentioned the uh, acid content in the uh, in the cooling system. When that happens, you actually have electrical current. It'll set up a path inside the engine, and uh, it'll it'll actually eat the impeller of the, the metal of the impeller in the water pump. And uh, freeze plugs. Uh, that's another area that uh, seems to be bad. It'll actually be, eat holes in that, and, and you develop leaks. But I want to mention that if you have a 50-50 mix of antifreeze to water, you usually take it down to about 34 degrees below zero. Uh, if you got to get colder than that, 70% antifreeze and 30% water will take you down to 80, minus 84. I don't think I want to live where it's minus 84. No, I started to say I think I would uh, make sure I had enough antifreeze in my car to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. You know, the coldest temperature I had ever experienced, I was in... Uh, Detroit, Michigan, in 1994, and it was January, and they had the coldest temperature that they had in in Detroit in their history, and it was like 24 below zero. Mm. And <laughs> I'll tell you, 24 below zero, I can't imagine what 84 below zero would be. Uh, you have to be careful that you don't inhale too quickly; you freeze your lungs. But anyway, back to our our subject. Uh, Another thing, area, is the, the type of tires that you have. Uh, you want to use a winter tire, and uh, they, you call, they call them snow tires. Uh, it's good to use those because regular tires, the rubber uh, it's really hard uh, when the temperature drops. And uh, so when it does that, you lose traction. The winter tires, the snow tires, are made uh, to where they don't harden like that. You have better traction on the road. I don't think on the... Uh, Studded snow tires, I think those have been history for the longest time. Most places, they're all bought now and uh, because they cause so much damage to the road. But uh, the, the speaking of the tires, uh, the first thing that's going to happen when we get our first cold day is you're going to have a lot of people complaining or calling in saying, my, my uh, tire pressure light is on on the dash. I got a little <laughs> tire pressure. And the reason for that is every 10 degrees drop in temperature, you lose about one pound per square inch in the, in the, uh, in the tire. And, uh, it happens every year. Happens to my wife. She comes in and says, hey, my, my tire light is, my low tire light is on. I air up the tires and we're good to go. But, uh, on average, a tire uh, will lose about one and a half pounds every month. And it actually penetrates the tire. A lot of people are not aware of that. It'll actually penetrate the tire and you'll lose I should say about a pound and a half every month. They use nitrogen now uh, in, a, in a lot of the tires because the, the nitrogen will not penetrate the rubber uh, as quickly as the straight air. On, on a nitrogen-filled tire, you can get three to four months before you lose that one and a half pound. So that, that does help. And you say, well, how do I know that I have nitrogen in my tires? And there's, there's a blue and a green valve cap. If you see that, that's, that's the indicator that they... You have nitrogen filled tires. Hmm. Uh, something interesting, uh, back to my days with AAA, uh, every year during National Car Care Month, we used to drive around the country and stop in different cities, and we used to do car inspections. We'd line the cars up, and they'd go through. One of the things that we checked was tire pressure. And what was interesting, 80% of the cars that came through that line had at least one or more tires that was low on the tire pressure. 
And they say that the number one cause of a reduction in fuel mileage is a low tire pressure. I forget to figure how many millions and millions of gallons of fuel could be saved uh, if uh, people kept their tires inflated properly. And uh, you know, not just the not just the uh, the mileage problem, the low tire pressure, you end up wearing your tires out quicker because it, uh, it spreads and gets the uh, sidewalls. So it's something that you, you need to take care of when you get to the cold weather. Uh, wiper blades. How many people think of wiper blades? But there are wiper blades that are actually uh, made uh, to keep the ice and snow from collecting on the blades. And uh, you can purchase these at any parts store. And one thing to remember is in the spring you want to take them off because they're a little bit heavier and they put more of a load on the uh, on the wiper motor. Along with the wipers, uh, the washer fluid. You don't want to forget the washer fluid because if you do not put antifreeze or water, washer fluid with antifreeze in it, uh, you can bet your life it's going to freeze and it's going to break your reservoir. I have personally done that a few times, and, and uh, I'm real careful to make sure that uh, I have the correct washer fluid in there in the wintertime. It sounds like you're about to be attacked. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting out here. I'm sitting out here in my patio, and I have deer that come up to the house. I have squirrels that jump on the screen enclosure and remind me I haven't fed them yet today. And then the crows, they'll come and finish up whatever the squirrels didn't eat. <laughs> Uh, you know, one thing that I that wasn't in your list, and um, I think it should be, particularly in Atlanta, Georgia, and the the South in general, I guess you could say, uh, people down here uh, they have a tendency. They don't sell uh, cars in Metro Atlanta that have turn signals on them. And then in the winter, things just get more complicated, particularly if we get any ice or snow. And uh, folks are just, uh, you know, not used to driving in it. We're going to need to get rid of that bird there, uh, James. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to move away from the bird. Okay. So if you'll just bear with me a minute, I am going to move back inside the house where we don't have birds. All righty. Anyway, uh, if you're not used to driving in snow or ice and you don't have the proper equipment to do so, then just stay at home. Don't try to get out on the street. There are so many wrecks during ice and snow that are could have been avoided, particularly if the person had just stayed home. But... You know, there, there's no excuse for some of the wrecks that we have here in Atlanta when it uh, when there is an ice storm. And quite frankly, I grew up in it, and uh, I do know how to drive in snow and in ice. I don't like it, but I know how to drive in it. But I won't go out because of you, and you don't know how to drive in it. So I don't want to be on the same street with somebody. It's sort of like... Uh, Shooting. I love weapons. I love to shoot and uh, like to be with friends hunting or whatever. But if you're a first-time gun owner, no thank you. I'll avoid being with you until you've had some training. And that's the same way with drivers that uh, 
you know, have never been in snow and ice and uh, they decide they need to get out. Oh, it can't be that bad to drive in it. And uh, you, you see them do some of the dumbest things going. So if you're not trained in it, you haven't experienced it, just stay home. You'll make your life a lot better and you'll make somebody else's life a lot better by you taking the initiative to stay home and say, you know, you can use Uber. Most of those drivers are pretty good. Uh, you can use Lyft. Most of those drivers have had some training. So, you know, there are ways you can get around. But if you haven't been, if you're not used to driving in it, and like we're talking about, James is talking about on winterizing your car, if your car has been sitting in a garage that's uh, fairly warm, and you take it out and sit it in front of your office all day and uh, 10 below zero weather, you can cause all sorts of problems. So just think, heaven forbid an adult should do that, think. But think about what you're doing, and the life you save might be your own. Anyway, didn't mean to get you off track there, James. Oh, no, you're not, you're not, I'm not off track. Uh, one of the things I want to mention on the tires for the classic car owners uh, because the tires, tires for these older cars, uh, they're not made uh, of the best quality. And uh, if you leave that sit all winter, uh, you can end up with flat spots in the tires. What, what is recommended is, if you can, is if you can jack up the car uh, so that you have the wheels off of the ground uh, on these older tires. I'm talking about the old, uh, you know, we had Model T's and Model A's and, and uh, some of those uh, some of those uh, vehicles, tires that they make now for those, they're kind of a poor quality tire because they don't drive them that much. So they're not the best best tire. But uh, the, the, the next area is the motor oil. And, you know, living in Wisconsin, uh, I'll never forget one time, I had to add some oil to the engine. It was 15 below zero. And I went to the trunk of the vehicle and I brought a, a quart of 20 weight oil off and until <laughs> you actually do this 20 weight oil hardly poured out of the container uh, at 15 below zero so it when you think about it if you have this thick oil in your engine and you start that up it's much harder for that oil pump to pump that up to the uh, uh, lifters and the uh, camshaft and the different places that are lubricated so it's important that you have the right oil and a lot of the cars now they use a uh, lighter oil. They have these zero W twenties and, and five W thirty oil, and uh, the synthetics. One one real big advantage on a synthetic is you don't have the viscosity changes that you have on standard motor oils. So synthetic oil is a good thing to use in the wintertime. Basically, I've gotten where I use it all the time. And a lot of people do. I mean, it's a lot more expensive, but uh, that is one of the key advantages. And what I know now, if I was living up there, I would definitely use synthetic oil if I lived up the north, because it does make definitely makes a difference. But these lighter oils, zero W twenty five W thirty, you know, they went to those light oils. It has to do with uh, uh, fuel mileage, mm-hmm. not how you can measure it, but uh, the less. Uh, Resistance that you have, or friction that you have, uh, the more mileage that, that you get. There's something interesting uh, talking about oil, oil consumption. 
I, I get this complaint. I get questions uh, at Bell all over the world, and I get people with newer vehicles complaining of oil consumption. And what they did is that the highest friction part in your vehicle is where the piston rings meet the cylinder block. So what they did is they reduced the spring tension in those piston rings. And what that does, it reduces the friction and actually increases the uh, horsepower of the engine and hmm. increases the mileage. And uh, it's not uncommon uh, in a 1,000 to 1,500 miles to use water on these newer vehicles. So it's something that you need to you need to keep an eye on, need to check. Uh, there isn't anything wrong. Uh, in most cases, everything is fine. Uh, but uh, that's something to keep in mind. Sure. With that being said, let's think about that, and we're going to take our second break. We'll be back with James Dunce right after this. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, this is David Moxley in the Classic Car Show, and uh, we've got a great job to do right now, and that's welcome a new advertiser to the Classic Car Show. And many of you have seen their trucks on the road as well as know and have used them over the in the past. And it's um, we've got uh, Steve Capper on the line with us, and he's with McAllister's Transportation Group. And, um, Steve, how are you doing today? Morning, David. I'm fine. How about yourself? Just fine. And tell us something about uh, what you do as well as uh, what makes you all stand out from everybody else. Sure. Uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, thank you for, uh, for the time and the opportunity to sponsor and partner with such a, a great group. You guys, for what you stand for, uh, is right in line with uh, the mottos and uh, the mantra of our company as well. Uh, my title is Vice President of Sales and Business Development. I'm responsible for all sales throughout the United States, uh, myself and my team. Uh, and what we do as a company is we provide enclosed transportation to the automobile industry. Uh, and that's straight down from the OEMs through snowbirds and personal moves. And our favorite stuff to do of, of all of that is uh, the collector car market. Uh, we're fully involved with the Amelia Islands, uh, Pebble Beaches, and all of the major shows throughout the United States. You know, I have heard nothing but th good things about you all, and we certainly do appreciate it. How do people get a hold of you? And um, we'll go from there. Sure. You can uh, reach us a couple different ways. The easiest way is if you're uh, web savvy, you can go to McAllister's, and that's M double C O double L I S T E R S dot com. And you can see a whole layout on, on what we do as an organization. And there's a web form there that you can send in and request a quote for a transport move. Or you can call our 800 number. That's 800-748-3160. And, David, I don't give this number out to many people, but I'm going to give it out to you and to your viewers. Uh, they can call my direct cell line as well. And that's 609-960-6397. And uh, just give us a call. We're here to serve you. 
uh, and here to uh, to make everything happen for you folks. Steve, thank you, and we look forward to a long partnership and friendship with you all, with you and McAllister. So we uh, thanks for being a part of America's Web Radio now. Hi, I'm Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, in this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value. Uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're, when you get ready to, to, uh, insure your classic, classic, antique, or even your street ride, call JC Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you listening always, and, uh, we want to thank our listeners from not only coast to coast, but around the world. We we have quite an audience, and I want to give a shout-out to our friends in Australia and also the U.K., and uh, we're glad to have them listening in, and a lot of folks uh, tune in and listen to the archive. This show will be archived and up on our website by approximately... Uh, uh, probably Monday afternoon, uh, Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise, and uh, uh, the next hurricane doesn't get us. I, th- I think we got another one coming, uh, James, uh, from what I saw this morning. I keep getting calls from my relatives up north. They want to know, are we having a hurricane? <laughs> and <laughs> the, the re- most recent one that uh, crossed uh, southern Florida, we didn't feel any of that. Yeah, this guy was a little bit gloomier and, and and we got a little bit of rain out of it but uh so far we haven't had any issues knock on wood Sa- sally didn't get you huh sally did not get us and uh i know this is still early the peak of the hurricane season was just reached so we have a little ways to go yet but i, I heard yesterday they ran out of names on yeah. the list they got to the end of the list yeah yeah they uh it's starting all over or whatever but anyway uh uh, that's a, a subject for another day. You don't have to sure. want to rise for a hurricane. You just have to be careful. And, uh, if it, um, if it's covered with water, don't even try driving through it. Right. So anyhow, uh, back to winterizing your car. And, and this, uh, we're having beautiful weather right now. And this is a good time to do it when you got beautiful weather. Uh, check stuff. You're not going to be, I used to, um, that was, that was my job from the time I, I could, uh, turn the drain valve on the radiator and that was to drain the antifreeze and put new in and, and I always liked playing with the, uh, the tester and the little, uh, little bubble or little balls in it, uh, watching them go up and tell me how cold it could get. And, uh, but that was my job. Uh, my dad would, uh, at his lumber yard, we would uh, drain the drain the antifreeze and put new in and get ready for winter. But to go back, uh, I was talking about motor oil. Uh, interesting little story. Uh, I took my wife's uh, car in to get the oil change, an oil change place. 
Now, normally I do it on my own, but it's hard to dispose of the oil, so I went in to get it changed. On the, uh, and she does a Ford Edge, and on the cap on the engine, it said um, uh, 5W20. And uh, because we have uh, higher temperatures here, I wanted 5W30. I told the gentleman that. He wouldn't take them all off. He said, it says that it, takes, it needs 5W20. And I asked him, I said, um, how does the Ford Motor Company know that I am either in Miami, Florida, or Anchorage, Alaska? It, <laughs> he could not answer that, so I'm back to changing my own oil again. <laughs> uh, but anyway, to to, uh, to go on, uh, you've heard, and your, your listeners have heard that the, the winter fuel and summer fuel, a lot of people think that's a scam, but there is actually something to it. Because the way that fuel vaporizes is different in the wintertime than it is in the summertime. And what they do is they measure what they call vapor pressure. Vapor pressure is the amount of pressure that the fuel can exert as it evaporates. And the way they normally do that, they put it in a closed cylinder uh, with a pressure gauge on top and they heat it to 100 degrees. And that becomes the vapor pressure. If you have fuel that has a low vapor pressure, the car would be hard starting in the wintertime because it's common sense that uh, things don't evaporate and vaporize as quickly in the colder weather. So they uh, they uh, produce the uh, fuel so that it has a higher vapor pressure. And you, you, in the summertime, if you had, uh, say that you had high vapor pressure in the summertime, now you have winter fuel and you have it in your vehicle in the summertime. What that does is it causes vapor locking because it uh, it will actually boil quicker, vaporize quicker. But uh, I used to hear that, well, in the summertime they raise the price of the fuel, and I always thought that was uh, a scam too because we're getting close to Memorial Day. And it turns out that, no, there really is something to that because the chemicals that they use to lower the vapor pressure – are more expensive than the chemicals that they use to raise the vapor pressure in the wintertime. And that's why there's a difference in the fuel price. Son of a gun. Didn't know that. There there really is something to that. And, you know, it's interesting. When I was at AAA in the springtime, you know, as it's starting to warm up and as the oil refineries were switching over to a... uh, a summer blend fuel, when you had warmer temperatures, you could see a line across the U.S. where they had increases in uh, in towing. Uh, they, they had uh, service calls because the people had problems with uh, vapor locking because they had winter fuel in there in the warmer temperatures. Now, I get this question all the time. They come in all the time. They want to know what they can do for vapor locking. They want to know if there's some kind of a chemical or thing that they could use and and there isn't anything uh when you have a a vapor lock situation it usually has to do with either the the fuel is the wrong vapor pressure or you have components that are close to the exhaust system uh or you have issues with uh, an electric cooling fan uh, something that raises those temperatures uh vapor locking is interesting when i was younger my parents had a 50 vintage a Ford with a flathead engine, and then flathead, the fuel pump is up on top. That's probably the worst place it can be because the heat is up in that area. 
but they would uh, drive somewhere and they'd shout off for a few minutes and then when they went to start it wouldn't start and because what happens is when you shut an engine off and the water is no longer antifreeze is no longer circulating the temperature under the hood rises if you have a temperature gauge in your vehicle you'll notice this on the temperature gauge so if you had something that uh, was marginal uh, and this happens to electronic components too if you have uh, minor or, or electronic components like a ignition module or something like that that is starting to go bad when that temperature rises they'll fail and when it when it cools down it's with the vapor pressure uh the vehicle will start again but there are no there are no chemicals uh, uh that help the vapor pressure another thing you can do is try to use uh, uh fuel that does not have ethanol ethanol vaporizes quicker than gasoline it causes vapor locking quicker now on newer vehicles where they have fuel injection, it's not as common to have uh, uh, vapor locking, but it is possible, and I actually experienced that. We had a day here where the temperature was over 100 degrees, and I actually experienced a vapor locking situation, but it's not as common because you, you're dealing with higher pressures uh, with that fuel. We, uh, My parents had... And and the whole family loved this car. It was a uh, Chrysler New Yorker wagon that was just absolutely beautiful. It had uh, uh, a dual air conditioning system, one in the back uh, that helped cool the back, and and then one in the front. And uh, but we came over. We mom and dad, my family, we drove over to Atlanta. As a matter of fact. And that car <laughs> vapor locked every time you turned around. You know, it would, uh, and it would even stop it as you were driving. It would just shut down. And uh, the only way that uh, you could get that car started again was let it sit there for a little while, open the hood, and uh, let it sit there and cool itself down, and then you could go. Uh, but it. Uh, it just that model of uh, Chrysler, and they oh, we had it in the shop, uh, or I say we, my dad did, so many times trying to figure out the vapor lock situation, and and it just and where we lived, it was so dry, there was no humidity, none of the heat like we had in uh, when we came over here, but uh, uh, every now and then it would vapor lock, and uh, it was uh, just. Just the car, but anyway. But uh, in, in many cases, and, and I've had a number of these over the years that that uh, came into me with that issue. And a lot of times, you'll have a fuel line. If you look where the fuel lines are, they have a metal line, and if it's close to the exhaust system, uh, that can be an issue. And what we used to do is, if you go to a parts store, they 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 have what they call muffler tape for repairing a muffler. I don't know who does that. But uh, they do sell it, and it's an asbestos tape. And what we used to do is wrap those uh, lines with that asbestos tape hmm. uh, to, to uh, keep them cool. And, and it actually did work uh, in that case. But I've taken the tops off the carburetors on the older carburetors. When the engine was hot like that, you watch the fuel actually boiling inside the carburetor. Wow. So so it is, it, it is a real problem. Well... Uh, Another area on the uh, fuel, a lot of people use anti-icing products. I don't want to mention the names, 
but uh, they put it in there and the idea is to prevent fuel lines from freezing up or uh, I remember in the wintertime I could hear when I made a turn I could hear something clunking in a gas tank and what that was is it was water that froze and it's moving around inside and getting the sides of the gas tank mm. so people use these anti-icing products and what that is is it's alcohol it's methanol alcohol in most cases and what that does is it combines with water and acts as an antifreeze for the water so it doesn't freeze. And uh, if you think about it now, if you're buying uh, ethanol blended fuel, you already have 10% alcohol. 20-gallon gas tank's got two gallons of uh, alcohol in it already. So those anti-icing products are no longer needed. Right. Uh, now, they're not going to like the, me saying that, but it's a, it is a fact. And if you look at if you look at the back of these containers you'll see that it is an alcohol. Uh, in most cases, it's a methanol alcohol. So don't drink it. With that, we're, we're going to take our last break. We'll be back with James right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. And when you order that insurance, tell them that you heard about them on, heard about them on America's Web Radio on the Classic Car Show. So stay tuned for more with James Dunce and winterizing your car. We'll be back in just a moment. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. McAllister's Auto Transport is a privately held company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800-748-3160, or you can reach us on the web at McAllister's.com, and that's M-C-C-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-S.com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs, small enough to provide you the old town, old school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. And please be sure and mention to Steve when you call him at McAllister's that you heard about him on America's Web Radio. That means a lot to us, and it'll mean a lot to you getting your car safely transported from one location to the next. McAllister's, and ask for Steve Capra, and uh, just tell him, please, that you heard about him the first time or... You heard about him on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And uh, it will help both of us, and we would really appreciate it. Uh, they need to know that you're listening and uh, using their service because of us. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You know, while we were in that break, I heard people running to their garages, picking up their wrenches, getting this, getting that, getting ready to work on their car and start winterizing it this afternoon. Did you hear that, James? <laughs> yeah. Of course, here, like I said, I'm in Florida, so you, you, don't, you don't see that as often. 
Well, uh, what you can do in Florida, since you're not winterizing your car, just wash underneath it and make sure all the salt water's off. Yes. And, by the way, speaking of salt water, did you know, and we have Stuckey's as one of our sponsors now, and uh, everybody that hits the road knows Stuckey's from coast to coast. And uh, as a little boy, Daddy, Daddy, let's stop at Stuckey's. And um want to rem- remind that, and we said salt water. And did you know that salt water taffy is not made out of salt water? Mm. We'll be talking about that. that. We'll be talking about that this Wednesday on the Stucky Hour on America's Web Radio. That's at uh, 9 o'clock on Wednesday morning. And Stephanie Stuckey, she is the CEO of Stuckey's now. And uh, she'll be in here doing her show. We'll be talking about Stuckey's, but also nostalgia and the different things that uh, we grew up with. And uh, we decided on nostalgia just because all of us need to remember some of the good times that we've had in our life. And one of them was always stopping at Stuckey's. So, did you ever stop at Stuckey's, James? Oh, yes, many times. Many times. And trips across the country. Yep, yep. Okay, so we're about to uh, bail out of here in about five minutes. And uh, what's the last word on winterizing? Well, what, what I do want to mention, because I get a lot of questions on diesel, a lot of people have diesel vehicles. And diesel fuel has different problems. One of them, uh, the main problem in the wintertime is diesel fuel will actually gel. It'll actually get thick to where it won't be able to pump. You won't be able to pump it. And the reason for that is diesel fuel has wax in it. And when it gets cold, that wax starts to, to, to gel and it'll actually get solid. And you have to use products like, uh, called anti-gel, uh, in the wintertime. Now, normally we talked about winter fuel and summer fuel with gasoline. They actually do have winter fuel and summer fuel with diesel fuel. What they do is a mix number, number two is normally the fuel that they use in, in a diesel engine. But what they do is they add number one. They mix it with number one. Number one is heating oil. Uh, kerosene, and what that does is it lowers that gel point um, to prevent that gelling. But what you have to remember on the anti-gel, and, and if you're using biodiesel, and I would not use a high concentration of biodiesel in the wintertime, all diesel fuel now has up to 5% biodiesel in it, and that's not a problem. It's when you get up into the 10 to 20% that you have problems. Because on, with anti-gel, not only would you have to you have to treat the regular uh, diesel fuel, but you have to know what the bioproduct is so that you can treat that. And there's like 50 different uh, products that they make uh, biodiesel out of. So the best the best rule of thumb in the wintertime is avoid biodiesel uh, if you can. Uh, another area that I haven't mentioned yet is uh, with air-conditioned vehicles. You want to make sure that a couple of times a month that you turn the air conditioning on for for maybe 10 minutes and the purpose of that is to circulate the oil there's oil inside of an ac system and you want to circulate that oil so that the seals get lubricated uh you don't want it to leave it sit for the whatever length of time that uh, it's cold in your area so you definitely need to do that and the last area that i have has to do with safety equipment i'm sure that you've heard of cases where there was a blizzard somewhere 
and people were trapped in their cars, sometimes for days. Uh, nobody could get to them. And there's a few things to remember uh, with this. You want to try to keep your tank full, or as close to full as you can in the wintertime. In case, if you ran into a situation like this where you got snowed in somewhere, uh, at least you can keep warm from the, uh, the heater. And what they say to do if you're doing that is you run the vehicle for about ten, uh, five minutes, ten minutes, and shut it off. And when it cools down again, start it back up to preserve that fuel. Uh, other areas, uh, my cousin one time in Wisconsin, it was really cold. It was like uh, 15 below zero. And he was going to run down to the local 7-Eleven store to pick up some uh, something. And he didn't really dress. He figured, I'm just going to go down there and come back. Well, guess what? He broke down on the way down there and almost froze to death uh, trying to get back to the house. So you want to make sure that you have warm clothing uh, in the vehicle. Uh, some other items, uh, matches, maybe a first aid kit, a flare. A flare kit really helps. Make sure you got a flashlight with extra batteries, uh, some food or something uh, that, that uh, you can survive on in, in case you did get stranded. And uh, maybe a shovel uh, would help. And definitely a phone. A cell phone with a cell phone charger that plugs into the car. Uh, that can be your lifeline to the outside world. That pretty well does my uh, my thing on uh, winter preparation. Okay, I'm going to throw you a uh, curveball. All right. Hybrid. Well, when you say hybrid, right. run, what they do is they run part of the time on electric, part of the time on, on a gas engine. Right. So if it's a water-cooled uh, gas engine, you definitely got to treat it the same way as the, all the rest of the vehicles. And uh, you remember the old Carvers? Oh, I remember. I worked on the old Carvers. Wasn't and, that a uh, great they were car? Cooled engine. Yeah. With tons and tons of sheet metal on them, I hated working on it because of that. <laughs> it took you an hour to get all the sheet metal off when you, you had to drop that motor out from the back. And it kind of looked like an aircraft motor. And uh, I've worked on many of those. The good old Spider. Yep. That was a fun, fun car back then. And, uh, you know, James, uh, listen to our nostalgia show, The Stuckey Hour with uh, Stephanie Stuckey. And uh, you might want to, uh, as you're listening, if you have... Uh, Five cents you want to add to it? Give us a call, and uh, I will. You know, it's going to be a very interesting show. We started it uh, this past Wednesday, and uh, we talked about uh, well, pecan. I call them pecans. She calls them pecans, and uh, the infamous Stucky pecan roll. And uh, we'll be talking about not only their products but many other products and by the way they have branched out since she's taken over the corporation and uh, you can find their little yellow boxes in many of your hardware stores and and get the uh, stucky treat that happens to be in uh, that little yellow stucky box now so uh, it'll be something to think about and uh, something to uh, fill your stomach with next week uh, I think our infamous crew of um, Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. I believe they're coming back. I don't 
Jim may have uh, outdone himself running today, and who knows about uh, Steve Ronaldo. We've given up on trying to figure that that guy out. Um, you've heard of breaking the mole. I'm not even sure they ever had a mole. I think they just made Steve. I think Steve was made out of silly putty, you know, and... Uh, uh, but that's, he's, he's a good guy and we enjoy having him. We enjoy doing the show and we want to extend a very, very special thanks to James Dunst for being with us today and talking about winterizing cars. And, uh, James, how long have you been around cars? Oh my goodness. If I tell you that, it'll give away my age. I start, I started working in cars at age 15. Wow. And, uh, I'm 71 right now. So well, you're just a kid. In my life, I've had every job that you could have in the automotive industry except selling cars, and I have no interest in doing that. <laughs> well, that's because you're a good man, good through yeah. and through, and just can't tell those little white lies that my car runs faster and jumps higher than any other car in the market. So well, I think most people have an issue with dealing with car sales. <laughs> so, yeah, I know exactly. It's it's, I, it's sort of like going to an automotive dentist. Well, you know, when I purchased my wife's car, I went to three dealerships. I called three dealerships where I saw cars on the Internet, and uh, they said, well, let me go check if it's here. All three of them didn't call me back. <laughs> and when I got to the fourth one, I said, whoever you give me, they better be calling me back. <laughs> and they did. Well, I tell you, it's, uh, it's always interesting. I, I, as we were talking last night, I think the word service has been taken out of, uh, out of our English language. With that being said, we gotta wrap it up, get out of here, and get ready for our next show on America's Web Radio. James, thank you again. You're welcome. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.